We think we all have more time. We think that we just have to get to a point in our life where things will finally calm down and then we can take care of ourselves. But we cannot wait for life to tell us and give us permission for that. We have to give ourselves permission now to take care of ourselves. We don't know how long we have. And anyone who's listening and feels like, I just have to get to this point. One day I'll do it. You know, waiting and waiting, waiting, even though you're seeing signs, listen to those signs and take care of yourself. Welcome back to Wildly Empowered Women. Today I am joined by Dr. Dr. Kelly Kessler, who is a licensed physical therapist, a transformational coach, host of the podcast Rewiring Health, and the owner of Optimal You Health and Wellness. You're not going to be perfect, so don't ever expect that. There's never going to be a time where you like don't lose your your cup. Kelly is also someone that really helps high-achieving perfectionist women to stop compromising their health during the pursuit of achievement. I'm so excited for this conversation. So excited for it. Welcome back to Wildly Empowered Women. Today, I am joined by Dr. Kelly Kessler, who is a licensed physical therapist, a transformational coach, host of the podcast Rewiring Health, and the owner of Optimal You Health and Wellness. She's also a mum of two boys, and we were just having a little chuckle before we started um, recording this of life with boys and all of the things that come with it. Kelly is also someone that really helps people that I feel, this was me a few years ago, high-achieving perfectionist women. She helps them to stop compromising their health during, during the pursuit of achievement through nervous system regulation and subconscious reprogramming. Saying that sentence gets me so excited because this is exactly what that type of woman needs, is like just someone to come in, be the expert, and tell us how to actually regulate our nervous system because we're so coachable and we're so open to growing sometimes we don't actually like take that time to do it so Kelly's someone that guides her clients through personal transformation to cultivate resilience live abundantly and feel connected to themselves she has been inspired by her own journey of recovering from persistent negative thoughts perfectionist beliefs and eating disorder chronic pain back pain and panic attacks And she's helped women harness their profound ability to shift from survival mode to thriving. Kelly, I am so freaking pumped to have you here. Thank you so much for joining today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. So excited for it. So let's jump into who you are and a little bit more on your background on how you came to, to do this sort of work. Yeah, absolutely. I So I basically helped the past version of myself too because I lived with perfectionist tendencies. I didn't even classify myself as a perfectionist for years because I'm like, doesn't everybody think like this? Doesn't everybody do this? Because like it was so normalized for me that like I didn't even realize that like, oh, I don't have to live like this. But I lived with this high achievement. I was constantly striving for the next goal. I would hit the goal and then I would feel like, this is it. Like, this is not what I thought it would feel like. And so I would set the next goal, hit that goal again, still not hitting me, not feeling fulfilled. And so I did this over the course of basically in my whole life, just constantly looking outside myself to feel like I was enough, something to validate me, something to feel like I was whole. And I also, like, as you mentioned in my bio, like I had an eating disorder too. So I also used the same limiting beliefs back then to say, oh, if I am thin enough, I'll feel whole and happy and joyful. And that again, at the thinner I got, it didn't matter. It did not matter. I never actually felt whole. And then 
recovered from the eating disorder and then I experienced chronic back pain and that now I recognize was attributed to all the stress I was putting myself under and all the the constant negativity I was living in that feeling like I was never good enough constantly grinding to get to that point where I feel like I would have this sense of fulfillment and live with that for years and then again that then turned into panic attacks where I couldn't sleep at night I was having out of control anxiety I didn't even know how to help myself at the time and looking back I don't I don't live with these now but looking back I see that the common thread with all these is that I was unrelenting I would constantly be going working all hours I would be pushing myself to go and do more and at the same time, never would recognize anything I did well. I would just say that wasn't good enough. And I thought that that mindset was going to keep me going harder. Like I could never let the, the foot off the gas pedal because if I did, things would spiral out of control. And so this whole mentality was literally the common thread that caused me to have so many health issues, live with a negative mindset for like basically my whole life until I recognized it. And to feel like I was never good enough, striving for the unachievable, and it just led me to a point where I like, I couldn't live like this anymore. And I had to make a change. That is so, so relatable. And I'm sure a lot of people listening will relate to what you shared around, well, doesn't everyone do this? You know, like, isn't this just how we achieve things? Like by not stopping and by, you know, almost killing ourselves in the process. <laughs> that was definitely me. And I don't, not necessarily a perfectionist, although I have had feedback from my career that my standards were very high. Um, not, you know, not, and that wasn't feedback that was good. It was like, you need to like, you know, be a bit more realistic sometimes with your um, standards. But in terms of like the high, toxic high achievement, can we talk about that? And, you know, what is it that you see with toxic high achievement and what is it that you see with perfectionists? Yeah. So, yeah, they don't always go hand in hand. Like, I didn't even realize I was a perfectionist. Like, I would not classify myself that way either, like, for a long time because I'm like, well, I don't need everything perfect. But I, it was that feeling like you have these ridiculous expectations for yourself and others. And that that's really where that perfectionist tendency. But for that toxic high achievement, it's when we view the mission outside ourselves to be greater than what we need inside ourselves. And the world will scream at us. We will have coworkers yelling at us. We will have our jobs yelling at us. We will have the degree, the grades, whatever it is yelling at us. But there's this little whisper in us that says, I'm not okay. I, I'm not okay. But And that whisper gets shrouded in all the screams of everything outside of us demanding our attention, demanding our energy, our focus. And that's how I live for years. And that's how many high achievers live is like, we're trying to answer the screams, but yet we know in those quiet moments that we're not okay and that we're burning out and that we're not taking care of ourselves. But yet we feel trapped and that there's no choice other than to try to quiet the screams. Mm. I love that so much because that one line of like you're seeing your mission and your vision outside of yourself as more important than yourself, like. That is the one thing that I hope people get from this podcast already, right? Is like, don't ignore yourself. Like, it's not worth it. It's actually not worth it. And there, there, you know, you can have both. I think that's also the thing I want to talk to is you can look after yourself and put yourself first and also have huge impact. And in fact, if you did that, you'd probably have the impact and the the results quicker. So can you talk to 
how we can do that and how you help your clients do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there is this misconception of like we keep on harboring, you know, these the drive and feel like we're just saying that we're not good enough. And that's what I felt like I was in those low places where it was like fear driven, guilt driven, shame driven. It was all those low energy places that was constantly keeping me going and that I thought I had to cling on to in order to continually achieve. And when I started recognizing, like, I'm literally living day in and day out in these low energy states. And it's hard to stay in those states because those are draining mentally, physically, and emotionally. And when we are constantly grinding, but we're never, ever fueling ourselves back up, like, there's going to come a point where you can't continue that anymore. And when we talk about high achievement, it's like, again, there's that fear base that if I don't do what I've always done, I won't get the results that I expect. And this is a huge limiting belief that we have to overcome. And it's been one of those I've had to overcome where I recognize now that if I take care of myself and I raise my own core up myself, I'm a better mom. I'm a better businesswoman. I am a better uh, wife. I'm a better person for everybody because I'm full. I'm elevated. I'm vibing at a higher energy. I am now in a place of joy and peace and more not that I don't get down to those low vibes that happens but I don't stay there anymore and that's the big difference when we can elevate ourselves and really take care of ourselves now we are not only not only do we have a greater reserve to take care of everything that needs to be taken care of but we're also leading by example you know especially as a mom it's like if I want my children to take care of themselves like I better start taking care of myself because they're gonna see it I can say take care of yourself but they're gonna see it and that's the subconscious messaging that I'm very aware of myself with my kids and moving forward but it is once we rise up we attract more things that are at our level of vibration our level of energy and then our whole life outside of ourself mirrors what's going on inside ourself I love that so much because I teach attraction marketing and that energy of when you're when you're coming from an energy of joy and your cup being filled and, and an energy of excitement rather than desperation it is so magnetic. It's so magnetic when someone is sharing from excitement and passion and, you know, fulfillment rather than you need to buy my thing, <laughs> you know, you need to buy my offer or you need to buy my product or whatever it is, right? Like we've all got businesses selling and offering and serving in some way, shape, form. And it's just so different when you look at the energy behind it. And I want to ask you, you know, as a physical therapist, like what is the physical ram? What are the physical ramifications of not looking after ourselves and, you know, like just burning ourselves to the ground in the pursuit of our goals? Yeah. So what's happening is that when we are constantly in that achievement, unrelenting negativity, our body and our nervous system specifically, which is basically the operating system of our body, is recognizing that as a stress response. And so we're primitively wired. Our system hasn't changed much since we were like cavemen. So what it is telling you, what it's telling your system is that there's a lion in front of you and you need to take care of this. Except the lion today is social media, maybe it's the news. It's what we're, the email we have to respond to. It's our boss, our coworker. The lion is literally in front of you all the time. So if you had a lion in front of you, do you think sleep would be a priority? No. Do you think healing would be a priority? No. Do you think reproduction is a priority? No. Do you think digestion is a priority? No. Your whole system starts to slow everything that is not a priority down because it has to focus its energy 
and into something that's more about survival. And so when we live in this chronic state of stress all the time, our system loves homeostasis and balance. But when we're in this chronic stress state, it goes completely out of balance. So things are not functioning the way they need to be. So when we are in that stress state, it's also known as the sympathetic nervous system is kicked on. So our blood pressure increases, heart rate increases, we get inflammation throughout the system, we have trouble sleeping, our brain, we can't think as well because the waves actually change within our brain. There uh, are, uh, There's actually research showing that our telomeres shorten, which means our lifespan actually shortens as well. So there's a whole cascade, cortisol. I mean, there's a whole cascade of things that happen within our body that is caused by that constant stress within our system. We were not designed to live in a stress state our whole life. We're designed to deal with a lion and then we go back to the stressful state. And that's not occurring for most people today. It's so, I find this so interesting, um, especially when it comes to women. And I want to talk on women specifically. Mm-hmm. When I was, um, you know, I've just had my third child and I um, I did a, um, I think, like hypnobirthing course, like basically for, you know, like um, mindset tools around labor, because I knew inherently that I would have a quick labor. I wouldn't be able to have um, pain relief and, you know, I, I would be relying on my mind. And she said, and I will never forget this because it was so interesting. She was like, if you're having a quick labor and you're like, say you're on the way to the hospital, right? Your body, it is, it's like you're in a cave and there's a lion roaring at you and you're pregnant. So your body is either going to be like, it is not safe to have this baby. There's a lion right there. So it's actually going to hold on to the baby while you're in the car and the label will slow down. Or it's going to say, holy shit, I need to get this out ASAP and you will just quickly have the baby. Like it's, it's like one or the other, right? You're not going to, it's either going to not progress at all in that trip to the hospital. You might still have contractions, but it's basically not going to progress too much or it's going to progress very quickly and it will just come out. Right. And it was like this reminder that, yeah, wow, like our bodies really know what they're doing. And, and you're right. It hasn't progressed that far since the caveman days. So, you know, at the same time, women, men and women are hormonally so different. So, so, so different in, in our makeup and in our, you know, genetics and how we behave and how, you know, everything that's going on inside and outside our bodies. What impact does this amount of stress have on a woman's body? Yeah. So especially with women, hormones, you know, there's a lot going on with hormones. So especially with menstrual cycle and fertility. So when we experience stress, just like when we have that line in front of us, it's not going to be important for us to reproduce or anything. So the hormones are actually going to not be as uh, regulated as they normally are. So we can either have more painful periods, we can have irregular periods, we can have difficulty with fertility, have infertility because of this. So chronic stress plagues everything because again, it's not important to devote the energy towards the reproductive system. And another part of that is that cortisol levels and inflammation. So cortisol, we usually get a boost of cortisol in the morning. It allows us to be alert and then it weans off at night and then melatonin then increases so that we can get to sleep. When we have this constant cortisol, especially women, like a lot of women are trying to be the jack of all trades, do everything. So women take on a lot of roles and we're always trying to like make sure everyone's okay, especially when you're a mom. It's like you're trying to do all that. So it's a lot of stress on a woman. So when we have this, again, our cortisol is impacted. So cortisol can stay high throughout the day. 
and even into the night, which can make sleep even more challenging to get to sleep or stay to sleep or get quality sleep. So it can be a really compounding effect once we have this stress, you know, especially for women. I remember, and you know, it's no secret I had a really long fertility journey with my first two and, and, you know, then lost a baby with, um, in between my second and, well, my first and second and second and third. Mm -hmm. And so I've been on a really big, yeah, thank you. I'm I'm sure a lot of women can relate to that, you know, like they go on a really big fertility journey to fall pregnant and all of this stuff is, is quite, um, I just don't think that the average GP shares that, you know, like it's just not really spoken about that. You know what? stress really impacts your cycle <laughs> and it really impacts your fertility. And um, I had a doctor, just a, a regular GP, and I'm so grateful for him because it was pretty groundbreaking to hear this from a regular GP. He said to me, um, you know, we were discussing my PCOS and he said to me, think about it this way. You having PCOS is like your body is in famine and it's going, why would I bring a child into the world right now? I am not, I had to just have to keep myself alive. Like I'm keeping myself alive. That's my goal right now and my only singular focus and all of my energy needs to go to that. So not only would I possibly die if I went, if I got pregnant, but also I don't feel it's safe to bring a child into the world. And when he explained it like that, I was like, how can there not be a link between this and stress? And I was in a very highly stressful job industry, doing all the things, you know, high achiever, red personality, I can do it all, you know, all of that. And it was only when I worked with a nutritionist who literally like all of her first questions were, how stressed are you? What does your life look like? What do you do to relax? Like what, what's happening, um, you know, in terms of your mental health, like went through all of that, that I actually regulated my period. Yeah. Now I'm getting goosebumps telling this story. Like it was so game changing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because my entire life I had never had a regular period and normal doctors said to me, oh, well, it's because you've got PCOS and, you know, you're not ovulating because you have PCOS. And like no one really went, let's actually dive into why you have PCOS and what could be impacting it, you know. And I'm not saying that it was cause, but it certainly was impacting it hugely. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm, I'm testament to that because when I worked with um, this nutritionist who's also been on the podcast, Dee Zavara, she's amazing, she's like women's hormone specialist um that's when my my system like my cycle and my system was was regulated enough to actually have a normal cycle which was groundbreaking for me so I love that you said that about hormones and you know just just how important it is for women so what is it that you see in the women that you work with and like why do they come to you and then what's the result that they get yeah absolutely so many of the women that come to me are just kind of sick of feeling the way they feel like they they feel trapped like they feel like they are constantly going at work they're constantly going at home they feel tense they feel it in their body they may feel be feeling pain headaches they may have digestive issues they may have sleep problems they're low energy they're exhausted they're on the brink of burnout they feel disconnected with themselves because they basically suppress their own needs for so long because they felt like they had no other choice And so they kept just going and going and they're starting to see the impacts on their health. And so those are the women that see me and like they see it and they they need to change something because they don't want to continue down this path. And 
So those are the fortunate ones that have the awareness that they do need help. Unfortunately, there are more women who continue on and don't realize that they need to change something. So that's that's the hard part because there's a lot more of those women that are experiencing something and don't even realize that they can change it because they feel so trapped. But the transformation really is about how to make the smallest changes in your life that make big benefits. Because the last thing any of my clients want is something else added onto their plate that creates even more overwhelm. They don't want an overhaul. like, And I don't blame them. When they're already at their brink, the last thing you need somebody to tell you is like, well, you have to do this for an hour and every day and add this onto your plate. So the transformation you get is learning how you can make small changes throughout your day and just integrate it into your daily life that can start to teach you how to honor yourself and teach your system that you are acknowledging it. Because the thing about the body is that when you don't acknowledge it, you don't do what it's asking to, it's going to yell louder. So it's going to come out in more pain, more inflammation, more headaches. The minute you start to acknowledge it, things start to calm down a little bit. And that's the most beautiful thing because now you're starting to get evidence that okay, these little things are starting to pile up and they start to work. And then now you want to integrate that into your life, but it does not take a lot to start to make big changes. And what you get as far as a transformation is not feeling like you get home from work and you cannot be present with your kids. You can start to feel present. You have a strategy in place to transition from work woman to home, home, you know, Uh, going from work to being a mom. Like you have because you have a, a system in place where you can kind of release what's going on so that you don't carry the energy of what you're dealing with at work home. Mm-hmm. Because that's another big issue is like there's so many transitions that women make throughout the day. Like in the morning, you're a mom, then you go to work and then now you're back home and then you have your own time. And and there's no system in place to kind of get those transitions where you can really be present. So the transformation is you get presence. You start to learn how to connect with yourself. You feel a sense of calm. You feel some peace within your system. You feel empowered because you know that even if something out of the blue comes to knock you off your feet, that you can bounce back and you can be resilient regardless of what happens outside yourself. This is such an empowering conversation because there are so many women that have the most beautiful, ambitious, enormous visions. And if you don't do this work, you will climb to the top of that mountain and not be happy and you'll get to the top and you'll get to your goal you'll get to your vision and then you go oh my god this is what it feels like and it it's actually doesn't feel good <laughs> you know it doesn't I don't feel good in my body I've like potentially you know like um lost time with people that I love or like relationships all the things so can we talk about the balance between you know I also preach a lot around head down bum up for 12 months you know like focus on your goal and actually just get the thing done or 90-day blocks where it's like, you know, a 90-day game plan and like focusing on your goal so that you can get there quicker and and live a more um, freedom lifestyle and have more choice, you know, in a collapsed time frame. So what's the balance between actually focusing on your goals for like, you know, high-achieving women and also doing so where you're not going to burn yourself to the ground? Yeah, absolutely. So the big thing is scheduling time for yourself, just like you would schedule a meeting, just like you would schedule anything else in your day. So you have to make yourself a non-negotiable. There's no gray line. Like that is your time and it should not be taken over by anything else in your day. 
And that mm-hmm. that's really what it is that you bookend your days. You have a start starting routine where you can set an intention for the day and really honor yourself. And then you have an ending time at the end of the day where you again recognize what you need. And then you have little practices built in throughout the day for those moments like maybe somebody cuts you off in traffic or you read the email, you have those little things built in to help yourself become more regulated. But it's those book end times that need to be those non-negotiables so that you can be present for the majority of the time during the day when you actually have to be productive. So that's really what it is, is creating those non-negotiable times, schedule it out for yourself, make yourself a priority just like you would for anybody else that you schedule in. Mm, Great advice. Let's also talk motherhood because when it comes to parenting, um, I notice in myself that I will yell at my kids more or be short-tempered or, you know, like lose the plot a little bit if I'm trying to do too much or if I'm trying to be a mum and do my business at the same time. When I'm just focused on them, honestly, nothing really phases me. Like I'm so much more patient. Like I get it. The, you know, I've got three kids under six. Like that, you know, like yes. almost anything that they do, I can justify with like, I'm like, okay, like they're a young kid. Like I can understand they're upset about this thing that I find irrational, but they're a young child. It's totally like a big deal for them. But if I'm if I'm doing too much or wanting to do a million things at the same time, that's when if I like you know, and I'm getting better at this, but I haven't quite nailed it yet. If I stop and go, why am I actually angry? It's very rarely about what the child has just done. And it's more so about me and me needing to emotionally regulate my emotions before I yell at them for getting in the car or putting their shoes on or, you know, um, spilling a whole bowl of cereal or whatever, because I'm trying to do it at once. So what advice do you specifically have for parents in this situation as well? Before we go on, I want to ask you a super powerful question. What would it mean to you to make decisions based on your soul rather than your bank balance? Freedom to me means having true autonomy and choice in your life to live based off your values and soul's desires rather than what you can purely afford for you and your family or what your job requires of you. This is why I've been empowering women for the past almost five years to earn more with pleasure earning your true worth without the insane hustle and with actually having choice in your life. It is so much more about how you earn rather than what you earn. If you'd like to learn more about how I mentor women to earn a time-leveraged income online, selling conscious health-based products and learning the skills of personal branding and attraction marketing, both very sexy skills to have, then click on the link in the show notes or DM me the word info on Instagram so we can have a proper chat. I love having one-on-one convos with you savvy queens and showing you how this kind of income and our community can help you truly live wildly empowered. Big love, back to the episode. Yeah, it's a really good question because it's it's a whole different ballgame when you're trying to manage yourself. But when you have little ones, there's, there's a whole level of responsibility that comes into it. So the first thing I would say, because again, myself, I catch myself where I'm like, you know, wound up, ready to lose it. And I've done a lot of work. So the first thing is like, give yourself some grace in those moments because you're human, you know, it's like you're doing the best you can. So definitely give yourself grace when you do have those moments. You're not going to be perfect. So don't ever expect that. There's never going to be a time where you like don't lose your your crap, you know, but what you can do in those moments is you can start to bring awareness. If you feel yourself getting there where you start to feel like you can feel it in your body, like 
you feel that tension, you feel like you're starting to get that narrowed vision where all you see is like the spilled milk, you know, and the toys all over and you just tripped over one. Like when you start to feel that coming on, this takes practice. It's not like you're going to say, I'm going to do this and you're perfect at it, but start to recognize those signs and then have have a routine where you can kind of like shed some of that tension there. So like literally shaking, like shaking your body, taking some deep breaths. It's something you can do really quickly, but it's enough to give your brain that pause that that allows it to turn the frontal lobe back on. So the frontal lobe is your rational brain. It's saying, how should I handle this appropriately? Versus we have more of like that, that brain that's like the stress part where we're like, I'm going to react, you know, I'm going, I'm going to lose it. So if you have a routine where you feel like you're starting to get that angst up, literally just shaking it off can help transition your nervous system from like a stress response to more of like a relaxed response. Deep breathing can do that. So taking a few deep breaths, like maybe that's your routine. I'm going to take four deep breaths before I say anything, you know, and, and even just changing your visual system. So your visual system is directly connected to your brain. So when you have a stress response, you're going to have a narrowed visual field. If you can just stand up tall and have a really good posture and then start looking from side to side, it will actually signal to your brain to relax. So those are a few things you can do in that moment that doesn't take a tremendous amount of time, but it will give your brain enough information to calm down a little bit, pause, and then you can handle it with a little bit more rational approach such great advice i i'm I'm definitely going to do that with the visual with the breathing it's so funny i um (laughs) i do that but sometimes i'm so angry it's like (laughs) (laughs) the rage crap i'm really trying to like collect myself so i don't yell at the kids but it's like they're not apples you'll be a little good you know what it's like some kids right totally so um you know i i try my best to like take some deep breaths and like collect myself and the other day my three-year-old who is like a little carbon copy of me it's like karma comes bite myself in the ass because my mom laughs all the time she's like you were such a like you know full-on energetic very stubborn very strong-willed um toddler and while I've got like my little I've you know found the match anyway the other day I found him doing exactly that and it was both funny and a proud moment but he was like like really like taking deep breaths probably a bit faster than that but I was like good on you like you're not quite nailing it yet and neither's mama but we're trying like we're doing our best yeah you're modeling a good behavior he's gonna have it in his head especially at three because our most impressionable that he's gonna know what to do yeah that's awesome it's so good to get those physical um reminders of what we can do to calm our bodies down as well because sometimes I think as parents we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, and like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't, well, this is at least what I think. Like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to like stuff my child up for, for life. And then they have to go through all this like therapy and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be perfect yeah. as parents, yeah. but so often it can just be coming back to those like really simple physical things of let's just calm ourselves and our nervous system down a little bit first and then trust what's going to come out from there, from that space. Exactly. Yeah. Cause it's, it's actually much harder to change your thought pattern at that point. So if you can use your body as a catalyst for your mind, 
that's the best thing at that point because it's hard to say like if you're having negative thoughts or you're stressed it's hard it, it doesn't even work to be like okay think positive it's okay it's okay yeah. like it's hard to talk yourself down off that ledge so if you can actually physically show your body that like it's okay you're safe there's nothing that is a crisis right now then it it teaches the mind that it can start to change it, it almost like relaxes and opens it up to other possibilities mm. So let's talk a little bit about that because I know that you love talking about subconscious mind. So do I. It like mm-hmm. it just lights me up and excites me so much. So what do you feel the the connection is with the subconscious mind when it comes to sort of, you know, resigning from this perfectionist mentality and also being high achieving in a really healthy way? Yeah. So really our subconscious mind becomes the lens in which we see the world. So if we have this perfectionist uh story playing through our head we're going to see everything through that so we may see this beautiful poem we just wrote but we're gonna be like oh it's not good enough because it's the lens in which we see the world same thing the high achievement if you feel like the only option is to continue to grind and grind and grind then everything around you is going to give you evidence that that's true so the subconscious mind is constantly seeking out evidence for validation so when we have these limiting beliefs it's going to feel like it's real and this is this has to be real. So we have to actually change the way in which we see the world and then we will gain new evidence that our old beliefs were no longer true. So it all starts from the core of our actual beliefs and a lot of these beliefs are formed from ages like zero to seven when we're most impressionable. That's when our brain is in that like theta and alpha state. It's, it's soaking everything in as if it is completely real. And unfortunately, some of that programming isn't the most effective as being uh, what we desire for our life. Mm, that's really powerful to remember as a parent as well and like, you know, what they see in us and, and they what we model for, for our children. Do you have any suggestions on books or, you know, audios or anything around the subconscious mind? Like what are your favorite, who are your favorite teachers in the, on this topic? Yeah, so one of mine is uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. So he's got a lot of great books in that. Um, uh, Napoleon Hill is another good one. So Think and Grow Rich. Like that's one that you could read. And then like I read it and I feel like I need to go read it again. Like there's so much gold in that. But um, yeah, those are probably two of my favorites. And same thing, like I've read one of uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza's books, but he has a bunch of other ones that I want to start reading uh, myself. But there's a lot of gold in there and just making you think differently. It makes you realize like, that's the thing about the subconscious mind. We don't even realize, we don't know what we don't know, you know? So if you've been running on this operating program for so many years, you don't realize how ineffective it is for you moving forward until you dive into it. And that that's really so important to recognize that like you have to start to like really pick apart some of the things that you've always believed and that like isn't maybe necessarily true. Yeah, because coming back to perspective that you mentioned before, like your perception of the world, it comes down to the questions that you ask as well, because, you know, you were explaining about the evidence, like your mind is like Google, a Google search engine. And if you ask it for evidence on why something's not working for you it's going to come up with as many results as if you had asked why are things always working out for me mm-hmm. it's like which question is going to pose a better response and a and you know like 
train your mind in that way. So I love that. I love Joe Dispenza as well. I also I'm reading Happy Pocket Full of Money again, even though I've read it before, but that is a really good it's awesome on like subconscious mind. Um, yeah. There's so many, but yeah, I love Dr. Joe Dispenza. Uh, yeah. Joe Dispenza as well. Yeah. That's awesome. And even like um, with the subconscious mind, it goes to the, you have the brain, which is the physical part of the, the brain, you know, but then you have the mind of it, but there's actually parts within your brain that filter out the world as well. So it's a reticular activating system. So when you have a negative point of view, your reticular activating system filters out everything that's not negative and hold on to what's negative versus if you start to say the world is abundant and it's working in my favor, your brain will actually start wiring in a way that it filters out all the negativity and starts to recognize how abundant the world is. Absolutely. And it's like whatever thought you consistently think about, that's what you're going to bring into the world, whether like whether it's physical things or relationships or whatever. Um, a really, really, really simple example of this is the other day I was driving and this Porsche kind of cut me off and went in front of me. And this Porsche was stunning. Like I was like, you know what? Have the road. I am, <laughs> I will. <laughs> it was just, it was like the energy of this car. Like it just like glid in front of me, like this like goddess, like car in like goddess form. Yeah. And glid in front of me. And I was just like amazed at how stunning a car was, right? I'm not really into cars. Um, I mean, bloody hell, we've got a, a seven-seater Kia. Um, you know, we just got it. It's a nice car, but it's, you know, it's a family car, right? Anyway, never really been that into cars. Saw this Porsche and I was just like, that's my car. That's what I want going on my vision board. And since then, that was only like two days ago, I have not ever seen that many Porsches in my entire life. All I see is Porsches. No, Porsche and Teslas because I was like, and then I saw a Tesla on the same drive and I was like, do I want a Porsche or do I want a Tesla? <laughs> I like, you know, they're both quite good looking cars as well. And I have never seen so many Porsches. I'm like, how do, do like, does every second person have a Porsche? And it's because that's what's in my brain. That's what's in my mind. And that's what I'm seeing. And that's what, if I decide that I want right now, my order to the universe, like my subconscious thought, I need to decide, right? What I want. But I think I think in, even in this conversation, I've decided it's a Porsche, not a Tesla. <laughs> But we got clarity. Like the certain, but it's like once you make that decision and you put the the order out to the universe, watch it come true. Because if it's not, and I know this myself, like um, if it's not clear, it's like going to a cafe and going, "I want a coffee," and then they give you a latte and you wanted a long black. Like you can't really have, you're not getting what you wanted because you didn't ask specifically. Like you didn't have certainty around what it is that you want in that particular area. So. Yeah. yeah. Is that one thing that you want to add on that when it comes to the subconscious mind? Um, yeah, I, I think like for me, it was, uh, you know, when you're like a high achiever perfectionist, like I had tried meditation for years. I was like, I just am not good at meditating because I would just think everything negative and I'd be like, what the heck is wrong with me? You know, like it, it was more frustrating for me because like my mind wouldn't shut off and I'm like, well, clearly I'm not good at this. So that was like, you know, I would try it and then like give up and then try and give up. And so I know this probably resonates with some people because they've maybe been through this experience. But for me, this was a big game changer when I understood the subconscious mind and I can meditate intentionally. And that was what allowed me to actually gain the benefit of meditation. So like when I meditate, like, you know, I deep breathe, quiet my mind, just kind of let things pass by. But I'm really intentional about like visualizing and feeling 
what my intentional like dreams are in the meditation. So I will think of like my dream situation, like what life would I create if I could have everything limitless and I, I should, nothing would get in my way. And I literally visualize that as specifically as I can. And then I start to feel it as if like, it's literally real. And that has been such a game changer to like elevate my energy and have this like joyful experience and really feel like I'm gaining some benefit from meditation. So I would just say to anyone who is like that perfectionist high achiever, don't give up on meditation. There's different ways to go about it. And this was one that worked for me. That is such great advice for a high achiever perfectionist to go, look, don't let go of all of those goals, actually sink into them deeper. Like do a meditation where you sink into them deeper and you feel into them more. And this is what I love doing is like meditations where I visualize what it feels like to be that woman and what it feels like to have that, like that end result, that tangible result. And that feeling that you get in your gut, it's like butterflies. It's like tingles. It's, it feels so good. Like that's what you get to then go and do the actions from, yeah. you know, that energy in that place. And that's what I was sharing before around like, you know, the energy of excitement and passion and fulfillment versus the energy of desperation and stress and burning yourself at, you know, both ends of the candle. And, you know, like that, that energy is not magnetic and it, and it only ends to, it only, um, you know, leads to more, as we've spoken about, like physical health um, impacts as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear, um, you know, speaking of passion and fulfillment and vision, what is your long-term passion? And, you know, like, let's dive a bit deeper on the work that you do and, and where you want to see it go. Yeah, absolutely. So um, a big part for me is like, I want more in-person like retreat opportunities. So I like, I want to bring like all these amazing people that I meet through podcasts that have like such amazing, unique perspectives and like bring them and then like bring all these people that can benefit from them. So like, that's what I would love to have like this amazing in-person event where like it is just a huge burst of like energy and high vibe and just like do all these types of healing opportunities like all in one venue. And it's just like this epic event. So like, that's what I envision down the road I would love like I would love that just to give people this like gift of you know no matter where they are maybe like they're in the place where they feel like they're completely stuck it would give them clarity of like what's possible or maybe they're in the middle and it, it propels them even further or maybe they've done a lot of healing and this just keeps them going stronger so that's really what my vision is long term mm -hmm. love that that's so beautiful and you know, you mentioned before we started recording that there's um, been some horrific but and life impacting things that have happened to you lately that has really cemented and, and grown your vision even bigger. Are you open to sharing what, what has happened? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that I've I've noticed from many people I've worked with and just in, in the environment is that when we're high achievers, we think that we almost feel like invincible, like we're good. We're, we can keep going. We've always been able to do this. Like nothing's going to happen. Like I just have to get through this and then I can take care of myself. I just have to go two more years at this job and then I'll take care of myself. And I just want to share this because that was my brother. Like he had, he was 41 and he had the plan of retiring in four years. Like he was very successful. Um, he had, you know, he had patented, grown businesses, sold businesses, he developed software that ran hospitals and he he like and then he also 
worked as someone who would protect medical records. And then, I mean, he just had a lot of things going on. He was constantly going, constantly grinding, working all hours of the night. And it, he was also the person that would take care of everyone and everything before himself. And he was just an amazing person. And, and you could see it over the years that it was starting to like impact him a little bit more. You know, he was not sleeping as well. He was talking about, oh, I just have to get through this migration, this, I just have to do this. And, you know, he'd be holidays. He would be taking phone calls. He'd be on his phone doing things. And um, unfortunately, two months ago, he passed away from literally the stress of living like that. And again, he was 41. And none of us saw this coming. We None of us expected this would happen. We could see that his health was taking a toll, but we never thought it would come to this. So I just want to share this message because we think we all have more time. We think that we just have to get to a point in our life where things will finally calm down and then we can take care of ourselves. But we cannot wait for life to tell us and give us permission for that. We have to give ourselves permission now to take care of ourselves. We don't know how long we have. And he was 41. He uh, There was no part of him that thought he would go at 41. And none of us did either. So I just want to share that message for anyone who's listening and feels like, I just have to get to this point. One day I'll do it. You know, waiting and waiting, waiting, even though you're seeing signs, listen to those signs and take care of yourself. Yep. And some of those things that you mentioned, um, you know, those signs or those things of like, I'll, I'll take a break once I get to this point, or um, I'll look after myself once I get to this point. I noticed that though in the survey that you do, the little quiz, which was so valuable. I did the quiz actually um, from you and I thought, God, these questions are so eye-opening. So we maybe go through some of them of like, you know, what are the things that we should look out for so that we can avoid complete burnout? Yeah. So some things are, what are you prioritizing? Are you prioritizing work over everything else in your life? And that could be like, if the phone rings and you're at dinner, are you looking at the phone? Because sometimes we can say, no, 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 I prioritize my family, but what are your actions saying? So like, if it's Christmas, do you look at your email? Are you checking your phone? Are you doing tasks, even though this is supposed to be family time? So is that happening? Do you experience sleep disturbances? So do you have trouble going to sleep, staying to sleep? Um, what are your thoughts? Are you tend to think more negatively? Do you tend to worry about things a lot of the time? Um, what is your energy at? Do you feel exhausted? So are you you waking up day in and day out, never feeling like you're fully refreshed? Um, so those, and, and there's a lot of other ones there, but really it's, it's what is your focus of your energy? What does that feel like? How do you feel? Do you notice anything in your health? Do you notice that you're stressed all the time? Do you feel overwhelmed, exhausted? So it, it asks a lot of very specific questions about your life that pertains to that. But the way I designed it is really to bring awareness to where you are. And so when you take the quiz, there's four different levels of achievement. So there's a harmonious high achiever, and that's someone who is achieving and honoring their health at the same time. And then there's a productivity prioritizer. So that's the opposite end. So that's that person who really was my brother and just prioritizes work over everything else. And then there's two in between where um, you're an overextender where you recognize that you need to take care of yourself, but you don't know how to. And then the other one where you can integrate some, but you still don't feel like you're fully clear on how to have a, a harmonious balance between work and health. Mm. I love that you've mentioned the phone because um, Simon Sinek did this um, 
bit like this little excerpt from one of his talks recently and he was saying how even if you are at dinner with your family and your phone is on the table it's still subconsciously there so like if I'm sitting across from you and you've got your phone on the table like I'm thinking in the back of my mind oh well if the phone rings they're just going to pick up the phone and they won't I won't have their attention anymore right and I've noticed I do that with my husband and I get really cranky so I made a, a because I consciously don't have my phone at the table when we're having dinner, right? Other times of the day, you know, I might need to while I'm sitting there or whatever, but I really make an effort not to at dinner. And so I made a rule in our house that we can't have like no phones at the table and the kids pull him up on it. Like no phones at the table at dinner time because it, it was, it was like getting to the point where it was like, well, who, who are you here for? Like, who are you present with? Are you present with us at dinner or are you present with your phone in case someone calls you and needs to talk to you at 6 p.m.? You know, so I feel subconsciously that's actually a really like our mobile phones are a really big deal. They're a really big part of this. 100%. Absolutely. And it is anything that's going to draw your attention away. Now, now you're committing energy towards that. And then that decreases the energy that you have for other people. And that's literally what it is. But yeah, it's, it's constantly derailing you. And the phone is a really big part because subconsciously we, so many people just grab for the phone and scroll or you don't even realize before you you have four apps open and you're like, oh my gosh, I just spent a half hour on that. Yeah, absolutely. And so in terms of the work that you do and how you help, you know, incredible high achievers make sure that they're also looking after themselves, how can people work with you and what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. So um, you can hop on my website. It's optimalyouyouhealthandwellness.com or you can find me on all social media platforms under Dr. Kelly Kessler. So feel free to shoot me a message and uh, or you can email me. Well, you can find that on my website. Amazing. Thank you so much. There was so much value in this episode. And I know that the beautiful woman listening to this has heard exactly what she needs to hear on just fully trusting herself and looking after herself in, in the process of getting to her goals you know like I want to make that clear that it's not you're not choosing your health over your goals you actually can have both it's an added conversation not an all Mm -hmm. exactly 100% and thank you so much for allowing me to speak on this and and having me on your podcast it's been so awesome to be here today thank you so much very last question Mm -hmm. if you could go back to your 21 year old self and give her any advice or whisper anything in her ear what would that be Before we wrap up this episode, I want to ask you a question. Do you remember how you discovered this podcast? Was it a friend's suggestion or an Instagram story, maybe a post? Somehow you found it and I'm hoping you're getting a lot of value from it. I need your help now to pay it forward so that other women can feel seen, heard, nourished and more than anything empowered from these conversations too. Big love, back to the episode. Don't hold yourself back. Like, don't limit yourself. Like, I I thought I, I limited myself for years, not thinking I was capable of things. I thought I thought small. I listened to what everybody told me my path should be instead of actually listening to myself. So I would say dream bigger and believe in yourself that you can actually accomplish those things. Peter, love that. Thank you so much. And please go and follow Kelly. Her um Instagram is Dr. Kelly Kessler. It's in the show notes. She shares so much wisdom and value on her Instagram. So I'll pop that down there. Um, Also, if you loved this episode, if there was anything that really spoke to you, 
share it in your stories, tag us, reach out to us. We would love to hear. And we hope that this um, impacts more than just yourself by you being able to share this with another woman as well. So thank you so much for your time, Kelly, and big love.